Hello and welcome to Venus Investor Astrology Podcast and this is the August stars uh, for this month, August 2022. And of course, August kicks off with the biggest aspect of the year. Now, Mars meets Uranus meets the North Node at 18 degrees Taurus. And this is the, the big aspect of the joining of these three in Taurus that we've been kind of waiting for. And the aspect, although it is exact on the 1st of August at 18 degrees, when the three converge exactly at 18 degrees, they do go on and um, the effect will last for the whole two, next two weeks into August. And I think it's such a big aspect that what ha what comes out of it is epic and is life-changing so to be clear this is mars mars comes along hugely dynamic you know can either can cut things off can cut through things can see the certainty in things and is incredibly dynamic and adds to these two other aspects adds such a huge dynamic thrust so there's mars but really what's been going on for a while now is that the Uranus has obviously, well, not obviously, but Uranus has been in Taurus now since May 2018 and edging closer and closer uh, through through Taurus as the North Node uh, only has only been in Taurus six months or so has coming the other way because the North Node works backwards. It's not an actual planet. It's a point in the sky. So the North Node has been edging backwards through Taurus and Uranus has coming forward. So they've been slowly, slowly converging. And the idea that Uranus has come in to Taurus, the Earth, it's Taurus is about the Earth, farming, the riches that, you know, that, that come out of the Earth, the minerals, the actual physical minerals. And it also, when I say farming, I mean animals, our physical bodies and fertility. And of course, it always comes around at rutting season. So it also means our sexuality too, in, in an idea that's different from the other star signs it's the physical central um sexuality and things that satisfy satisfy us like food and being comforted with food and also the supply chain of food and the animals that supply us so this is taurus and so when uranus comes in there bingo we get a huge increase in veganism has been off the scale since may 2018 when uranus actually entered taurus and uranus is the enlightenment planet he comes along and gives us curveballs changes direction really is a quite crazy uh disruptive planet to deal with when you when it comes to give you a transit but so when it enters taurus which is f sort of fixed and um steady and it's an earth sign it really does push things around and of course last time uranus was in Taurus, we got nuclear fusion energy, which is the nuclear power, the lightning energy that Uranus brings down to Earth. And this time around, of course, we've got 5G. So this energy is coming along and it's going to meet the North Node. And the North Node is our destiny point. The North Node, you know, if we don't activate our North Node and that can happen, that's fine. It's almost, it's like an opportunity there sitting in the, in our astrology charts. And so when the North Node comes along, it's like a doorway we can open and if there's planets around it or things happening at the north node sure you're going to go through but if there isn't then it might take more effort so when uranus in the north node it's like bam the doors are opening and i've said this before that it's like i only said blow the bloody doors off which is uh, from the italian the italian job but anyway an old film 
So, um, yes, it's kind of that energy. And now that Mars is joining these two as well, it is quite explosive. But, you know, I'm expecting some explosions, um, but they may not happen because I looked back to when the last time Mars joined Uranus, joined the North Node in Taurus, and it was May 1855 and that was we were right in the middle of the Crimean War and what was the Crimean War it was the war French and English certainly the allies against Russia does that ring any bells I mean is that is that what's really going on you know some this exact same war is happening again um I really like the fact that a poem came out of it because there was a lots of unnecessary deaths and certainly I do think this is absolutely preventable and 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 in a way, we're spending all our money, our Taurus riches on this war, which can be preventable. And in the, in the Crimean War, it was when the charge of the light brigade was written by Lord Alfred Tennyson. And it's onward, onward, go the 600. And they go into the Valley of the Death and they all get, well, most of them get killed just by a needless uh, chain of command that we got wrong. So there's, you know, maybe excess death around on the planet for this. And of course, in in the Ukraine right now, I'm sure we're getting excess death amongst other issues that might be bringing us excess death as well. So that was 1855. Now, the thing about um, Taurus being here is also there's two things that are happening now that I think relate to this is that in... So um, back in 1855, on the 15th of May, which is the exact date they went really exact, although they were more converging, it wasn't really a point like to like this time around on the 1st of August, they actually all come to it together at 18 degrees. But this is more of a slow burn last time around on 1855. But 15th of May certainly was one of the days and the great gold or the great train robbery the first great train robbery the gold the great gold robbery took place um and it was on a train from london to paris it took took place in the uk side of things and the um insider job from you know people's train staff had um swapped and, and stole you know huge amounts of gold bullion which were worth millions in today's money so it was completely audacious and I don't think people of that time had seen such robbery on such scale and it then had worldwide fame and what I liked about this Taurus themes was that the the robbers they took the gold you know the man and it's just so Taurian if it's not Leo it's Taurus this gold this physical gold and they took it out of their safe and then they put and also tourist rule security. So and then and and they put lead inside so that when the um when it got weighed again at Folkestone and then again at Calais or what was the French shop and then again in the south of France, it would always weigh the same. But their mistake was that they actually they got the weights wrong. But anyway, I mean in the panic, can you can, yeah. Can you forgive them for that? But anyway, there was this whole weighing, and that's such a Torian film of the weight of the minerals and the earth's riches so they um committed the the great train robbery and i was thinking just how much we're having a a, a robbery right now the robbery of our fertility and which is a torian theme and our body autonomy you know we have to have medical procedures or lose our jobs and our security or we don't have any choice about our own fertility those kind of issues are coming up so um that's a huge point to consider for this aspect. Also, that we, as I mentioned, paying for this phony war or paying for a war that could be preventable. Um, 
where also the theft of mother nature is huge and there's intensive farming there's also the idea that that our governments are giving our farmers or reducing the farmers so they can't earn the money and so that they are then say to the farms will buy your farms off you and then suddenly we have uh, governmental farmlands like they've done in China they've taken the farms off the, the smallholders that's what they were trying to do in India when there were riots and these were the riots that Justin Trudeau came over to speak to the Indian Prime Minister and say you've got to treat your your rioters fairly you've got to listen to them and you know negotiate with them don't let them get up you know and exactly did the opposite in his own country but anyway I digress so this is um, the, the robbery of our land in some respects and also that's what they're trying to do in the UK I'm sure there's similar going on in the USA when um, Mr Gates comes in and becomes the largest land owner in America and obviously he believes in GM crops and um and, and sort of new systems of, of more synthetic farming and, and intensive farming. And so here is the great robbery in front of our eyes of our times. So I do think there was a lot of, um, I, I, um, there's a lot of synergy to what was happening there. Also on the day, that, on Monday, the 1st of August, China and Russia have both agreed to have an alliance where they both put their money into earth minerals. So the money base their their currency is going to be based on gold ours used to be based on gold but now it's based on digital or um um fiat money and it's not not really real it's conceptual so they have both put their money on the gold standard but also on other minerals so they're putting them their money on other minerals that they get from the earth they plunder from the earth and again you know as much as we think oh well the, the gold standard might be the way forward it's also dubious in that encourages people to then go mining for gold mining for these other minerals that they're that are actually becoming so precious especially in if you think about how we uh, the batteries for our phones etc so that went on on the day that this aspect happened so i'm i'm thinking there's so many themes happening around this already is just we might not be aware of them that's the idea that this um so we might not be aware of them but they are actually going on so this aspect of the year is going on far longer than just on the 1st of august so um i also will do another podcast about that because i think it's worth delving into those themes um, the other thing that I noticed about this time around and the 2022 conjunction of Mars, Uranus and North Node, that the asteroid Niobe was joining the this triple conjunction. Now, the asteroid Niobe, Niobe mythically had seven daughters and seven sons. So she had 14 children. She boasted to whoever would listen that she had these wonderful children. And the gods came along and took each one from her and they all died. They were killed. So she now, in, in mythical legend, sits on a rock weeping for her lost children. So I felt that in Taurus, this is absolutely what is going on in terms of the nutrition that we give our children. What are we doing to our children? We, you know, that we are, um, you know, uh, sexualizing them too early asking them to think about those things far too early we are giving them possibly the wrong nutrition um you know taking their body autonomy and maybe saying you know at a very early age that they can be 
um, a different gender and there's a whole lot of confusion around that with Uranus's rules confusion um, they're also not really connected to nature right now they're all in front of their screens um, you know much more than than anyone in previous generations they have they've all got an iPad or a phone and um, so they're kind of addicted to the screen time so and taken away from nature. So I think this Niobe aspect coming in is really true to form as well. So that's another thing to consider for this aspect for for the 1st of August. But of course, we're not going, we're going to move on from the 1st of August, although this aspect is carrying on. On the 10th of August, the Leo sun is going to square the aspect. Again, this is continuing this, um, the whole themes of this. So it's, it's squaring Mars, squaring Uranus, squaring North Node. And that's kind of like, oh, something's going to happen then when the sun does that. And it's in Leo. So here it wants to ignite our passion, ignite our interest, potentially about all the things I've been talking about or one of the things that I've been talking about that people can grab hold of that idea and go yeah I'm interested in this I want to do something about it it's my my right and and my passion and I want to be part of it so um I kind of felt it was like the um I'm Spartacus moment where each of us can stand up and go no that's me that's me I have a role to play in this and of course, Leo loves a role to play. It's also a lot of drama. So even though we may not have had the um, something dramatic happen on that day, although I think the China-Russia alliance was fairly dramatic, I think on the 10th, there's an opportunity for something more combustible or something that we can relate to, you know, that we can visually see happening on the 10th of August. So, but straight after that, on the 12th of August, we have the full moon in Aquarius. And... You know, the full moon is in Aquarius, it has got Saturn right next to it. And Saturn's been in Aquarius now for uh, 18 months, two years. And Saturn in Aquarius is where Saturn, the hard worker, the, you know, father time, he makes us do things properly. And it's in Aquarius, freedom, love in Aquarius. So there is this huge suppression of the people going on with Saturn here. Saturn isn't going to leave Aquarius till March 2023. So we've got a bit more of this, uh, uh, you know, nearly a year more of Saturn really sort of pushing down on the people and curtailing our freedoms um so this full moon i think is going to almost be combustible about that so on one hand we've got the leo sun squaring all this um kind of quite crazy enlightening and um combustible energy around taurus but also at the same time it, then it's going to oppose so it makes a t-square with the aquarius full moon and saturn so we've got this kind of quite serious you know it's like we want to bust out and break free of these um of the chains you know that we really want to highlight how we feel that we're oppressed so that could be quite interesting around that full moon on the 10th um, but also with Saturn in Aquarius, I think the Saturn, uh, sorry, I so I think the Leo Aquarius axis is quite an interesting one. Um, of course, the Aquarius full moon will oppose the Leo sun and the two opposing each other. We have the Leo kind of standing up for your, for who you, who you are, standing up for your rights and um, what you love and what you desire. And, you know, could be accused that they are being a bit selfish, but when you have it op op opposite, so when you have an opposition in, so when you have an opposition, so when you have an opposition in Saturn, oh, sorry, start again when you have an opposition with Saturn in Aquarius or just Aquarius itself it's like well 
all that passion that I have, I can now direct at doing something for humanity. I have a purpose now. It gives me the Leo has the purpose and wants to get on and have, has the mission. But the the Aquarius side of this is saying, well, here it is. Give your mission to humanity. You know, humanity needs you. you can step up. So it can be quite a, a so it can be quite a good axis of the, these two playing against each other, but playing together. So it's a real opportunity as well to step up and break three. So that's the full moon on the 12th. On the 14th, we have Mars. Um, well, on the 14th, we have lots of can do energy because Mars is going to make a trine with Pluto. Now, not so long ago in um, in July, we had Mars square Pluto. And that's kind of that was your chance to break free. That was your chance to get out because the square is a very active, challenging, makes you do something aspect. Whereas the the trine aspect is a nice flow. So the nice flow between Mars and Pluto. And of course, Mars is going to get things done. They're both in Earth signs. So, yeah, they're going to be dependable. They're going to be working hard. They're going to be getting things done. So um, if you want to get something done, do it on the 14th. It's a very good day for that. Um, so it can be very creative. Um, and so and also, I think with Pluto there, it's it can be quite well, if you want to do something bad, do it on that day as well. But it's kind of if you have something to do that is is challenging or you feel that is un, underhand or have to deal with something that is underhand, that's the day to do it. Because Pluto will bring in those things out and Mars is going to be unforgiving and go, come on, we're going to do it. We're going to look into the fire. We're going to walk on those coals, those kind of really raw, let's go and get it done day. So that's on the 14th. And as we move on to the 17th of August, we get the sun, which is at 24 degrees Leo. And here the sun starts a formation, a yod formation, where it is at the apex of a yod. Now, the yod is like called the finger of God. It's like that sharp pointing. And it and it's really the finger coming out of the sky going, you, yes, you. It's like you're I've got to wake up to this. And it's often suddenly kind of a challenge or, um, you know, it's a bit of a mission. It's a, it's like I've got to learn this. And, and maybe it's a struggle. And maybe I haven't understood these things. I haven't understood these things about me because it's Leo. I haven't understood what my role was here. But now I do. And this is the apex right pointing at the mid Leo. So it's definitely at whatever our role is in life. Now, it starts on the 17th um, when the sun is at 24 degrees and a yacht are quite a tight orb because it's such a sharp angle but it goes 24 25 26 and 27 degrees right through to the 20th of august now on one side of the orb well we're, or both sides have an a quincunx aspect which is an inconjunct and when we have an inconjunct it means the two signs or the two planets at either end don't really understand each other they don't relate and they don't get it and so it's sometimes it's just like a blind slot just going to ignore it and not not have to deal with it like I am a bit with maths I think just just ignore it um so that that would be the blind spot and so when you've got two um, two inconjuncts or quincunxes and they're pointing at the one apex, the one point, this very specific point that, that suddenly becomes a very creative energy and it almost forces the energy to go, I've got to struggle and I've got to get this now because at the base of the quincunx or at the base of the yod, there are two planets in sextile 
and they work really well together. So they're extremely creative. And when they point at this point, they're going, come on, we're going to learn this. We're going to do this. And it's like a skill set that I haven't understood. And now I'm going to get my head around it um, and now become aware of it. So on one side, um, our little Leo son is getting a little spiritual download from Neptune in Pisces that suddenly the Neptune in Pisces which is the spiritual the mystical the sign kind of slightly lost and maybe this is where that Leo sun goes oh my god this is this is I get it now this is what I'm here for I've kind of suddenly woken up to something and I suddenly have got this feeling I've got to do something I've suddenly become aware of something that's my mission or my dream this is my dream and I, I was just wasting time not ignoring it all along so that's on one side and on the other side is Pluto in Capricorn now at 26 degrees so not at the USA Pluto return point but here it is Pluto is at 26 degrees um, Capricorn and Pluto's delving into the business world and it's almost like you know uh, a point where you go well here lad go out and run the company or you know when you go to one of those interviews and go I, I want to do your job and they go okay then you're like oh my god I've got to do the the boss's job so really with this dreamlike quality on one side and then this really effective kind of very karmic actually um, idea of I can create a business I can this is a business idea this is where I work and this is where I operate quite effectively and powerfully and I hadn't potentially known about this so this is like here I am I can manifest my dreams now if I really put my mind to it I can do it and maybe it's that setting up that company you just thought oh it's just going to be too difficult or um, I haven't got the energy for it I haven't got the aplomb a for it I haven't got all these things and this Yod here is going, yeah, you, you've got to do it now. You've got to make up that business. You've got to uh, go for the promotion. And this is your dream. And maybe, you know, it's not necessarily a changing energy. It's not something that's going to be a dramatic change, but it's like, oh my God, this is what I'm here for. I've, uh, this is it. So, you know, you could get promotion on those energies. So um, I think so it's like this struggle where you were um, originally you know, maybe it had been in the background and now it comes very real and um, puts you to task. So um, that's quite uh, an exciting, and very creative thing to happen. And that will be from the 24 degrees through to 27. This is actually from the 17th of August through to the 20th. And then, as if by magic, on the 21st, we get some help. Mercury is in Virgo and Mercury likes to communicate and, you know, talk and write things down in Virgo. And Mercury here is now going to pick up that energy. And it's like, right, I've got the understanding. I've got the clarification. I can I can think about this and really work really well because Mercury is in opposition to Neptune at first. They're both at 24 degrees in an opposition. So the Virgo side of Mercury is like, yeah, let me do that. I can talk about it. I've got it. I, I understand you. Where the Neptune in Pisces like can't even really um, put into words what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. So when the Mercury opposes it going, I see you, I've got it. Um, let me just take that off your hands now and run with it. So again, quite a surprising and um, energy to to bring about that actually, oh God, this is this is going to happen. This is I hadn't un, hadn't really expected it, but now someone's given me the checklist and I'm just going to go down my checklist and things are going to start happening, even though maybe it wasn't um, what I had imagined. 
Um, maybe my dream has got someone else that can help me here. So then on the 22nd, Mercury moves two degrees to 26 and it makes a trine connection to Pluto and they're both in Earth signs. So again, you know, this is like solid work and Pluto here in Capricorn is like the business sense of Cap so, and Virgo here is like, yep, I've got the connections, I've got the people, I know how to do it and um, I'm efficient. So it's a really powerful energy. So going right from when we start on the 17th of August, right through to the 21st and 22nd, we've got the planets are at our back to create something, to do something, to get efficient and work some things out that we really probably uh, were only just in the dream or in the pipeline before. Now, then on the 23rd, we start Virgo season. And this is the, the, you know, Virgo checklist. It's like, right, we're getting on the bus now, guys. Um, here I am with my checklist, all present and correct. And really something quite unique and specific and carefully thought out is bound to turn up. And it's going to bring about a more industrious feeling. And maybe we have, we come into a more fruitful period where what we're working on actually, you know, Virgo isn't slogging away for nothing. Virgo brings about, you know, meticulously working things. So they actually happen and they become more fruitful. And then then we learn a new modus operandi of getting things done. So I think this is kind of the timely effort from the Virgo side of things to help us on our way to achieve what we want to achieve. And then on the 25th, maybe there's a spanner in the works here because on the 25th, Uranus, crazy planet who's still at 18 degrees and that 18 degrees is where the conjunction with the north node and mars happened and niobe um so uranus then decides to go retrograde on the 25th and now this is like dig deep into the weird and the wonderful this is oh my god i didn't expect to be doing this and now i've got to be really looking at this and and maybe i'm not so sure and maybe this is a bit too weird for me but i'm doing it anyway kind of feeling and maybe it is a bit more. Here comes another conspiracy theory that I've got to check out and um, reconsider some of these weirder revelations that are happening around me and um, take me take me there kind of thing. So when Uranus goes retrograde and, and quite honestly, Uranus is so planet of surprise when he's going retrograde or going forward. Who knows? Because it's so kind of unpredictable. But on the day he turns, it's like oops, I've got to change direction. It's like the handbrake turn spinning round. We're going in this direction the other way. Um, so um, that makes it, though, five planets in retrograde and five, the, you know, five Jupiter, well, Uranus now, Jupiter, Neptune, um, Saturn and Pluto all retrograde. And that might slow things down a little bit. Um, it might not be it won't be something to fear it just means that things are not just going to happen so quickly and that we might have to do a few checking and go a bit deeper into things so maybe a necessary slowdown um, but also on that day on the 25th we have Virgo the Virgo sun um, is squaring Mars now that's a little bit more challenging and you know the, the Virgo sun we know Virgo likes to get things done, but when she squares Gemini, it's like Gemini is the Mars Gemini is the irritation, the the tap on the shoulder. And oh, and by the way, did you know? And you're like, oh, God, now now it's kind of complicated things, a whole world of complication that I didn't need. So Virgo sun at two degrees squares Mars 
uh, in Gemini at two degrees. Then on the that's on the 25th when Uranus goes retrograde. So that's quite powerful, a quite powerful way of new thinking, new ideas. You know, and Virgo's going, yeah, I've got these ideas ready. And we, we can make this happen. So here we've got the sun in Virgo squaring Mars in Gemini at two degrees. And obviously this is the same day as the retrograde. So it's hugely powerful. And then on the 26th, the sun moves to three degrees and so does Mars. So they're still squaring each other. And on the 27th, she moves to four degrees and so does Mars. So she's still squaring Mars in Gemini. And that's kind of like really ideas, outspokenness, kind of maybe some irritations and some squabbles. But on the 27th, Virgo actually makes a new moon. So this is the moon, the new moon squaring Mars. And that's that is hugely powerful. Now, this ought to have a little buyer beware label on it. It's like, whoa, there are going to be some hard decisions made here. Virgo likes to get it right. But Gemini is going to kind of give you the whole list of reasons why it won't work and and potentially bring up some irritations. So this is like, right, we've really got to make some hard decisions here. There's no more frivolity around there. And we've got to be really discerning about what we do. Now, a Virgo new moon, for Virgos, that's the start of their new year. And they might want to have a big clear out and, and get things right and do the checklist for what's coming next. Um, but with this Mars energy as well and the fact that it's a new moon on as well as the Mars, it's like, right, we really have to say hard decision no to something that maybe we did want. Uh, and this is the Virgo discernment, really, and the Mars being able to go, no, we're not going to do that. So but in spiritual law, it is far more important what you say no to than what you say yes to. So we have to think, we don't say that, uh, sorry, we don't um, feel like, well, it's going to be work better for me this way. But actually, we have to dig into the discernment qualities of Virgo and go, you know what, I am going to refuse this or or say no to someone or something and clear something out. So there's a better energy that can come in. And it really is. You will find around this time saying no to things is going to be far more powerful and bring much better results because Virgo and, and Mars want you to have a clear out really and even have a detox. It'd be right, quite a good energy to detox your um detox your fridge, detox your life, detox your wardrobe, whatever you feel like doing here. Um, it's a no energy. It's a no. Um, so let's see. Let's see how that goes. Um, and like I say, when you've thrown something, when you've said no to something, uh, the fact that now Mar, uh, sorry, the fact that now Mercury moves into Libra, which is a softer, more um, inviting and, and says things in much nicer way, it's got to be said, um, in an air sign that then trines with Mars in Gemini. <clears throat> so this idea of the two air signs, the Mercury and Mars in, in air signs, is kind of slightly more fizzing and more excitable and, and a little bit more fun. So, you know, don't be frightened to say no if things come around and you have to make that decision because them because these two working together are kind of the bringing in fresh connections, fresh ideas and, you know, maybe a little bit more um, something that, that is much more excitable and uh, friendly. And, you know, it's like this agent comes in with new job, new connections uh, and a whole new pantheon of, of things for us to play with. So we end the month here on the 28th through the 31st with Mercury and 
Mars in Gemini really giving us some exciting news and um, bringing us out, energising us for what comes next and so that we do have the ideas and the vivacity to really get things done. So um, <clears throat> August then ends up being quite an effective, powerfully effective month where our dreams can come true and we have the energy, the connections, the ideas and um, the efficiency to get it all and make it all happen. So let me know how that works out for you or um, any any ideas that you might have. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Venus Investor podcast. Um, I will go a bit deeper into the Mars Uranus North Node conjunction in a different episode so please listen to that if you find that interesting or please do ask me any questions so thank you again and see you on the other side thank you and goodbye <laughs>